WCIP listeners, welcome back to another episode of Entertainment. And we are diving into another movie yet for this segment. So, compared to what we've been hearing before, there's a lot of other modern content that's coming out through tons of channels and things like that. But I thought I'd give it a little twist and bring something up that's a little or a lot older. So, for this podcast, I'll be talking about The Wizard of Oz. Yes, the original one. The one that came out in 1939. And it appears that this film is being brought back to theaters for at least one special occasion. The actor Judy Garland has her 100th birthday this year, so congratulations to her. And another reason why I want to talk about this movie is because of the nostalgia that it brought back to me back when I was a kid. I have so much history with this movie that it was... Pretty fascinating, and I just thought that talking about it, you know, compared to when I was a kid versus how I view it now would be pretty cool for this platform. So let's dig in. So the original Wizard of Oz, like I said before, was in 1939. It involved both uh, Technicolor as well as black and white, but the typical name for the uh, format of the film for at least the uh, scenes with Annie M and Uncle Henry, it's kind of blanking on me right now. But it revolved around two sets of color, which is pretty cool. And I think that was back when Technicolor for television was first coming out as its own thing. So I have enjoyed the story so much because it was able to hold my attention. There is something happening almost every single point in the movie. We start off with a little girl named Dorothy who lives with her family out on the farm. And she lives with uh, her Annie M and her Uncle Henry as well as three other men within the farm. And towards the beginning of the story, her dog Toto gets in trouble with a lady named Miss Gulch, who I believe has control of the county and everything. So after there's been plenty of encounters with the dog in Mrs. Gulch's property, she files a lawsuit against Dorothy and the family for, you know, an attacking dog. And that spins the rest of the story to go into the special land of Oz that she comes into now. I mean, there's other parts in it that bring her to that world, but that's, I think, the first main element when I was rewatching the film. This decides her, or this makes her want to run away, and in that moment, she meets this other guy who is a psychic, I believe, um, and he tricks Dorothy into thinking that Aunt Annie M is dying. So... She goes home, gets sucked up by a twister, and she gets transported to this land of Oz, goes down the Olympic Road, meets some friends, talks to the wizard. Uh, they travel and grab the broomstick from the witch and everything, so you, you know that, that, that kind of stuff. So, like I said before, when I was little, I have really enjoyed watching each of the characters. The Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, all of them, and Dorothy herself, considering she's the main character of the entire movie. And what I thought was kind of cool, like, compared to when I watched this when I was little versus now, was the fact that each of the three sub-characters, or the side-characters, or call them what you will, each had their own sets of weaknesses, according to what they originally envisioned them as weaknesses. So, for example, the Scarecrow said he lacked brains. He couldn't think. (laughs) Relatable. Uh, But throughout the film, he was actually the mastermind of the entire adventure, because he was able to get apples from the apple trees, sneak into the witch's castle, and all those cool things. The Tin Man said that he lacked a heart, but was the most emotional throughout the entire thing. And then the Cowardly Lion lacked courage, but was the most courageous 
throughout the entire film. So I think each of those characters can play a role in somebody's heart. Now, considering that in one of my old uh, middle school productions, I was the Scarecrow, and I always say, I can't think, I can't think. I relate to the Scarecrow the most, but I'm sure there are other folks out there that would relate to the Tin Man or the Lion the most because, you know, you, you're, you might not feel like you have the heart for something or that you have the courage for something, so there's that. Now, in terms of length, it's shorter compared to how I remember it, but it was still a good length to keep your attention. I really liked how, like I, I'll restate this again, how there's always something going on at each moment. So we, you know, we go to, to, to Oz, we're in Munchkin land, we set the story ground to how Dorothy gets back home, then we meet the Scarecrow, and then we have a fight scene, then we have the Tin Man, and then we meet the Cowardly Lion, you know, if you guys are familiar with the story, there's always something happening every single moment of the film. There's never a dead or a dull moment, which I think is something that people back in the late 30s did fairly well. So a lot of these songs are definitely original as well. Knowing that The Wizard of Oz could also be interpreted as a musical, there is one song called Somewhere Over the Rainbow that's in both the movie and the musical adaptation. There's a couple of other musical scores that happen throughout the film as well, like you know, um, there's a Munchkin Land scene where the music is all bright and poppy. And then when we get to the witch's castle, it's dark and eerie and creepy. And it's there's different variations from different types of music that are very cool to listen to, I must say. So dialogue is also very unique, considering that each character talks in their own form. No two people talk the exact same way, you know, and even different audiences can relate to different characters. So, like, if you're an older adult, you might be able to relate to... Annie M and Uncle Henry who's trying to take care of their daughter, where if you're younger, like, you know, if you're a little girl, you know, or a boy, doesn't matter, you can relate to Dorothy because as kids, we're prone to known to have those strong senses of emotion and imagination and alternate realities and things like that. So I think at least towards the beginning and the end, there's definitely like a child and adult like relationship there, which I, I would definitely bond to this day, even though it was many years ago. So I don't think this movie would fall into any specific genre, although it could be like, you know, it could be fantasy. There's some comedical moments in it where the scarecrow falls down and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, there, there's something for everybody. So I don't think it would fit in one specific genre because it's funny. It's scary. It's weird. There, you know, Bizarre, bizarre things that, you know, are created by the original authors, which I think this this movie was based off of a storybook, which is also pretty cool that I would definitely read again nowadays and hopefully in the next couple of in the next couple of years or weeks. One of the two. So. We can all we all know that we sometimes have expectations of editing in the present day movies, but you got to admit back then there wasn't that much editing going on. And considering all the effects and things like that that were brought upon in the 1930s versus what we see nowadays, it almost kind of lines up as if it was more familiar, which means that a lot of the effects still hold on to what we'd expect today, which I honestly think is pretty cool. I mean, there's other things that, you know, could feel drawn to some audiences, but for me, it was more of, you know, I like seeing vibrant colors. I like seeing unique characters. I'm all, I'm all about each person being different. And things like that, which is which is definitely what I like to see in a movie, and I I think a lot of audiences should look forward to as well. Now, one of the other reasons as to why I think this film is important to talk about is because uh, this film, as well as many other parodies and adaptations, have definitely carried on throughout life. Like there's 
uh, The Wiz, which is a black parody film that featured Michael Jackson and things like that. Like, I'm, I'm a big Michael Jackson guy. I mean, he, he's pretty cool. Uh, there's also Oz, The Great and Powerful. That actually revolves the story around the original Wizard of Oz, and there was a different interpretation on the Oz characters, where the Wicked Witch of the West was originally a nice girl who was tricked by her sister by eating an apple t- type of thing. So there's, like, different twists in the story. And there was another animated film, which I believe was called Return to Oz. I could be wrong, but it involved um, uh, Dorothy and then three new friends, an owl, a marshmallow soldier, and a china doll, I believe, were the, were the three of their uh, supporting characters. After the original three, Scarecrow, Timmy, and Lion were captured by the new antagonist, the Jester. So, and I think as I was reading, The Wizard of Oz might be coming out with another movie in 2023 that will deal with today's modern society and how diverse it is and all the different types of people and things like that. So if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and, look, and thinking about the world that we're surrounded by today with all these different beliefs and things like that, that might be incorporated in this new film. And it could go multiple directions, but we're not too sure. If there's a film coming out, I'd, I'd be looking forward to see it, you know, adding it to the Wizard of Oz collection. All right, well, I believe that'll do it for this, and be sure to listen to us on 88.1 FM. Until next time, this is Alec signing out.